and we are rocking and rolling with episode 59 of the Eat Live Loose show and you're listening to myself Chris and me Brad and we've invited a guest on today uh, who I guess you would say is from the fitness industry um, who looks a little bit more from a massage perspective of things um, but rather than me kind of waffling on and introducing yourself Danielle, do you want to crack on and kind of tell us, tell whoever's listening, who, who, who are you about? Absolutely, yeah. So my name's Danielle, and you're right. So I did come from the fitness industry or start in the fitness industry. Um, I trained as a dancer first, and then as I was training, I realised I probably wasn't very good in terms of getting into performance. But what I really loved was the body. So I was introduced into fascia and how the body moves, and I thought, ah, oh, that's quite interesting. So from there, I went into fitness as it was an easy progression to do. So I was in the fitness industry working as a personal trainer, um, did some fitness management, personal training management for good sort of five or six years. And then uh, I realized actually I wanted to do more hands-on work. So then I trained in massage and did a a sports massage qualification with the London School of Sports Massage. Um, And then I guess my journey progressed into sort of my self-employed work, so set up my business um, and as kind of my journey has gone along, I've kind of followed different paths. I think in health and fitness, what we do is we find something we like and we want to learn a little bit more. So our paths kind of zigzag. Um, so along the way, I've looked at a lot more um, about women's health work. So um, pelvic floor, core recovery, scar recovery work. Um, in terms of soft tissue work, a lot more about instrument-assisted work or instrument-assisted massage, um, more injury-based things. Um, But then I guess alongside that, I've also brought in my passion of teaching. And uh, I've been teaching for a few years now. Uh, So I taught sports massage uh, to Brad initially many years ago. Um, But since then, uh, I've been teaching pregnancy and postnatal massage with a company called Broil Education uh, and also co-authored. Uh, and set up a sports massage course with myself and a colleague um, which has been our own creation so we took it from scratch right into um, students becoming qualified within sports massage but adding all the areas in that we felt was really useful for massage therapists to really build a business that they you know really want to help people as much as possible rather than just sort of ticking the boxes of the techniques that they need to learn Um, and that's kind of taken me up to up to this point now so I've been in the industry I think for in total 11 years I think maybe yep (laughs) Oh, so you've uh, been doing a lot of massage. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Do you know how many hours roughly you've done in terms of massage, oh, like physical massaging? I've got no idea. So my my weekly sessions are reduced now, so I only do 15 a week. But there was a point when I was doing maybe 20 to 25. Um, so if you think that's from 2013, thereabouts. So what's that, five years? It's a lot. <laughs> Wow. Let's leave the maths out. So, yeah. yeah. <laughs> we can get a gauge. It's a lot. <laughs> um, I just want to go talk about, you know, how you do still do a lot of massage. How do you, because that, I know that it can be quite uh, demanding on the body. So how do you deal with that? Like, how do you manage to deal with standing on your feet kind of 15 hours uh, a week and being doing physical work and, and and you know and I guess if you've never really done massage before you don't really understand but you know kind of take us through how that works for you and how you manage it yeah yeah so you're right I think um the perception is it's it's hard work which it is and the main thing that I that I focus on is my massage technique and my posture and positioning. So I know, as an example, if I've not had my couch at the right height, because that's really important for a massage therapist is to have it at the right height for you. Um, if I've been hunched over or not using my legs to push off into the massage, then by the end of the day, my hands are hurting, my shoulders are hurting. But as long as I'm in that um the best sort of posture for me, which is kind of quite a deep lunge, actually. I'm really using my legs to to control the movement rather than just coming through the shoulders, then it's fine. Um, but it's about a fitness towards it as well. So when I started, I remember the first day I did three clients in one day and I had to have a nap when I got home. I was so tired. <laughs> really wiped me out Uh, but then you kind of build up like your fitness for it so you get used to it Um, and that's that's the main thing I think as a massage therapist if you're just starting out you don't want to go into like you know five hours a day because 
your fifth one is never going to be as good as your first one because you haven't got the fitness but as yeah. you build up to that then that makes a big difference for you, you get fit for it but also as long as you're focusing on the right technique and you're in the, the best posture for you you've got the couch at the right height for you and the client in the best position it's actually it's not too taxing on the body um, but it's also things like making sure that you don't do you know seven eight hours a day of massage and and that's something that I'm really conscious about and also talk to a lot of the therapists about is not doing too many hours in a day because you're if you're doing eight nine hours of massage number eight and nine is never going to be as good as massage one and two so the service is then it's it's, it's not going to be as good because you're going to be tired yeah that makes sense I think in terms of um, kind of fitness as well, it's you've, you've, you've got to be fit for massage. If massage therapists aren't looking after themselves in terms of what they eat and their exercise, um, you can't, you haven't got the fitness and the strength to be able to maintain, a, a, you know, longevity in your career. So it's about practicing what you preach as well. So exercising, eating well, being strong to be able to deliver, um, yeah, good service. Yeah, I can see that. I mean, I know from an outsider's point of view, it may look like you're just using your hands, but I can see how it's quite physically demanding um, on your body yourself. And I couldn't, couldn't imagine doing one hour of massage, never mind seven <laughs> hours of it. Yeah, it's it, you get used to it. But I think it's everything is 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 all relative, isn't it? So even from like a in sort of personal training, you're stirred, you're moving around a lot. So even though you're not, um, you know, massaging, you're still active and moving and, and lifting and things. So it's, it's easy have to kind of build that, yeah, sort of fitness uh, into it. Yeah, I can imagine it's kind of the, it's similar to when we talk about clients and their setup when they're at the desk, right? Yes. Yeah. So it's exactly, that's exactly right. So every therapist will have a, a couch height that works for them and if it doesn't work then what tends to happen is that they get too close to the couch or they're trying to use their arms and shoulders as much so they're not relaxed in the massage so then they're using more the upper body rather than their lower body so that they, they might get aches and pains potentially um, but it's also the how the massage is received as well so if you're not in the best position for you then you can't give the best massage because you're not relaxed into it. And clients will notice a difference. And we see this on the massage calls quite a lot where when therapists have got the couch a bit too high for them uh, and they're trying to massage and they can't get that same pressure um, that they want, the clients notice compared to when they're in the better posture, when they are using their lunge uh, and they're pushing off on their back leg to, to create the massage techniques, then the clients feel a deeper connection with the therapist because they're more relaxed in the treatment. Yeah, that makes sense. I suppose it just generally having a good kind of body position, a good setup will help in terms of protecting you from injury as well as giving a better service. Yeah, yeah, definitely. And that's, I think, in a massage course, that's what we focus on probably the most is the is the therapist technique because if the therapist is in a good position the client's going to get an amazing massage so yeah. if we focus on that and get that therapist working in the best way for them then they're going to have longevity in their career but also from twofold really from um, being able to be fit and strong enough to maintain that but also having a good service providing really good massages for their clients so then they come back and at the end of the day that's what it's all about is giving a good quality service and a good massage Absolutely. There is nothing worse than going for a massage and walking away and going, well, that was shit. Yeah, that's <laughs> a lot better. <laughs> it's very true. It is, yeah, definitely. Um, and I think if you've had, if you're a massage therapist and you have, you have treatments, then you know when a treatment is a good treatment or not so good treatment. And, and it's, it's, it's a difficult one. I think if you come from a, I guess, a sports massage background, in my industry, what I often find is that some massage therapists snub people that have done lower qualifications. So as an example, a level three massage qualification, if you're a level five qualified therapist, but that really doesn't matter because I've had some amazing massages from people that have just done a level three holistic massage, but they've just got that connection and they listen to the client and provide what they want. Uh, but I've been to the people the same when it's just, they've just not hit the right spots. They might've had all these qualifications, but they've just missed the bit that I really wanted them to work on. Or I've been like crawling off the couch because it's been so painful that all my muscles have tensed up and, and it's, yeah, it's not a good feeling when you have, you pay, you know, sort of 60 to 70 pounds for a good massage and you don't feel any better afterwards. Yeah. And, 
I went to um, this year. I went. I went to a spa, and um, I've been to one before, and and they're kind of more holistic, kind of sort of massage, bit more Swedish style. And I was like, "Can you uh, like really work into the shoulders?" She was like, "Yeah, yeah, yeah." And I was like, oh, "This is." This is not what I want. Like, but I've I kind of I didn't really say anything because I'm like, look, this is not your style of massage. And then I went to another one, and I was like, right, look, I kind of explained my background a little bit, and I was like, can you just really work into it? And then I got something a bit more out of it. But yeah, um, I guess that's kind of like very similar to PT, wouldn't you say, Chris? In a sense of like, there's a lot of trainers out there who have got X, Y, Z qualifications yet doesn't mean they're a good coach oh totally like at the end of the day a qualification is just you've learned something and then you pass an exam um like you can get coaches that have just finished their pt qualifications a couple of months in and i'm sure they're better coaches than some people who have done loads of qualifications and, and been doing it for yeah. 10 years and masters because they know how to speak to a person and treat the person as an individual yeah. rather than just being able to pass an exam. So, yeah, it, I think it can completely rate to anything, um, like beyond massage, beyond PT as well. Uh, it probably just goes for any kind of walk of life, really. Yeah, definitely. Um, yeah. What type of – so you do, obviously, a lot of massage. What's your tip? Do you have, like, a typical client that you work with? Like, is it sports rehab? Are they women? Is it injury-based? Yeah, so I have, uh, I guess, a couple of uh, clients that I really focus on. So the first one is tends to be people that are um, that they've always been fit when they were younger uh, and they've kind of had families, what careers taken over, lives just taken over. So they've got to their sort of uh, mid to late 40s, into their 50s, and they want to get back into exercise because they've got more time to do so. And they've gone from no exercise into lots of exercise quite quickly. Um, yep. And then um, had maybe injuries or just started to feel pains and never felt before. Um, or they've they've just tried to do as much as they used to do in their early 20s and not really understand their bodies in their 40s and 50s um, so I see a lot of people like that so they might have a particular injury or just they're just feeling aches and pains they've never felt before and they just don't know how to reconnect back to their bodies they don't know how how their body moves at, at this um at kind of this age so I do a lot of the soft tissue work with them but also sort of movement re-education as well because the movement side is really important to massage also um, because it, it's all about trying to make a change to the nervous system and helping the muscles relax through uh, connecting through and letting the nerves let go. So kind of calming the system down. And by massage, it helps do that. But then we also need to kind of re-educate with some good exercises so they can go home and do some movement because ultimately that's, you know, we're all designed to move. Um, so that's kind of one type of client that I see. Uh, the other type of client tends to be, um, it's more focused in women's health. So I work with women through all phases, really, mostly from sort of uh, postnatal right through to menopause um, for pelvic floor and core uh, recovery work, um, which is kind of movement, massage, lifestyle based just to help women that have gone through any incontinence issues. Um, so any kind of uh, stress incontinence post birth or through hormonal changes, um, but also um, the C-section, hysterectomy and scar recovery work as well. So a client may have um, a C-section, a cesarean scar that's tight, restricted, and it's affecting them in terms of how they move, how their core activates, how they can maintain uh, intra-abdominal pressure. So I use massage work and movement um, to help them kind of reconnect back to their body, um, calm the tissues around the, the scar down so then they can add movement and build a stronger core. Oh, cool. Sounds really interesting, especially kind of like uh, I think there's probably a lot of people that can relate to the first one where you've done exercise when you're younger and then you try to get back into it and then you, <laughs> you try and do as much as you used to. It's like, ah, shit, I'm done. I can't do this for more than a week. Um, but yeah, also the second kind of clientele uh, from like a women's health perspective sounds really interesting because we work with a lot of women. Um, yeah. And is there anything kind of what would you say? even if it's just from like a woman's health perspective, what are kind of the main benefits of massage and how does that tie into just general health 
Yeah, so from um, the general, the massage side of things, um, massage works really well as, so the, I guess going back to the science behind massage, what we're trying to do is make a change to the nervous system, so that kind of mind-body combined connection. And years ago, we used to think that we actually make a physical change to the tissues, um, but it's not. It's all about letting the nervous system relax the body, so then there's opens uh, a pathway for them better movement. So massage really helps with things like stress, anxiety. Um, if a client is or someone is feeling really restricted in a certain movement, a massage can help improve that movement through the hands-on work and then some kind of movement uh, techniques as well um, because often clients um, will just guard and protect so if they're so going back to that client that has not done exercise for maybe 20 years got back into it again um, in you know really intently intensely and they've become tight restricted and they're not been able to explore full ranges of movement so then they can't guard and protect. So massage can help them get to those ranges of movement that they are protecting against, if that makes sense, um, just to help them get full range. So when they're moving and exercising, their movements and their muscles can work in uh, all ranges with ease. So kind of that's how it's, I guess, some of the main benefits. Um, and there's lots of science and there's lots of discussions about massage and the benefits of massage and if massage really does work and really doesn't work. Yeah. And you've got one end of the spectrum where you've got the kind of big physio guys and they're, you know, really well renowned in the industry. And what they're saying is true to an extent that massage doesn't make a physical change to muscles and we need to get people moving. And that's absolutely right. But if massage didn't make feel, people feel better, I wouldn't be working and there wouldn't be massage therapists qualifying and working. Massage wouldn't be around for hundreds and hundreds of years um, because it does make a change. But what we used to think massage does is very different now from what we know that massage does. So there's definitely a place and we definitely help so many people feel better and move better. Um, but there's always that, I think, in the industry, that kind of... Um, discussion to and from whether massage and how good it is and whether it does really make a difference um but i guess with, with with lots of things but there is science behind how it can work and there's some really good studies on massage and back pain um massage stress and anxiety um so and we know even if it's from that clinical setting that it does it, it does make a really big difference for for our clients i think that's a really important thing is at the end of the day that the main the main goal of a massage, regardless whether it's injury or you know just the general, the general you know ma massage is, you're trying to make someone feel better about themselves. Yeah, you know, definitely. And, and that could be on a case of they feel stressed, so they want to release the stress. They're injured and they're pain. They're in pain, so they want to feel you know relieve some pain. Um, but I just want to chat a little bit more about the kind of the mental kind of benefit of getting a massage. I, there's always this talk. I feel like there's a lot of talk about going in for a massage and helping you move better. But there's not. there doesn't seem to be as much chatter in terms of, um, you know, benefits mentally like can we chat a little bit like that like why is yeah. massage why you know is massage how good is massage mentally for people yeah and that's where the science is the strongest in terms of the benefits of massage there's quite a few studies on the effects of uh massage and anxiety depression i think stress is another study as well and what so with massage what we do is we place our hands on someone's skin and that um connection helps the client calm down so we have the two nervous systems so you have your parasympathetic and then your sympathetic nervous system and what massage can do really well is help calm down the sympathetic nervous system and upregulate the parasympathetic nervous system so that upregulation calms the body so it can do its uh, digestion it can rest um, and it can also bring that person back in balance so someone who is who has anxiety or stress or depression um, they're often into that kind of chronic sympathetic nervous system state so massage can help kind of rebalance that out a little bit yeah um 
and also it's quite it could be quite mindful and quite focused as well so if you go for a really good massage and the massage therapist one listens to you to start with so you get that connection to begin with so they listen to you and then when they're on the couch they're helping you focus on the massage itself rather than thinking about what you have to do after your massage whether it's you go back to work or pick the children up from school or do x y and z by focusing on that treatment um, that also helps that person calm because it becomes a mindful activity rather than a mindless activity so again it has a good effect on uh, anxiety and stress because they're in the moment um, rather than thinking about things ahead or, or things in the past. So basically what you're saying is you're a new version of a kind of psychiatrist, therapist sort of thing <laughs> and uh, rather than a... <laughs> Not to that extent, I think it's, um, it's been a part of that person's healthcare isn't it? I yeah. Think we yeah. all have a different place in what they do and I think the same for you guys as well so you'll chat to your clients and really listen to them which then will help them be more aware about their body whether it's their mental health or their physical health and then if they need the extra help so in terms of speaking to someone whether it's psychiatry you know psychology or another therapist then you can guide them into that direction or just let them know that there's someone here that can help them with with that certain thing um, and I find that with massage if you make that person feel safe as soon as they come in it's the same with training actually with any kind of um service work with clients if you make that person feel safe to start with and and really comfortable and you really listen to them they'll really open up to you so if they are struggling with some mental health issues things may come out just naturally in conversation because you really want to help that person and, and then you then you can pinpoint them um support them into getting the help if they need any further help um in, in whatever area that might be 100 percent um a lot of my clients come in and go, do you know what, you're just like my therapist. And I go, well, yeah. Um, and it's, and I always say, like a lot of clients will say, do, do, do your other clients kind of talk about stuff we talk to? And I go, yeah. And I said, the reason why, like, I'm, I'm quite honest, and I go, the reason why is just because I like to listen. And, yeah. and, that's, and that's it. Like, I, what was I listen, listening to? I was listening to a podcast yesterday, and it's they were on. So this know, one? No, <laughs> this is a good one. This is a good one, but it's not the one I was listening to. And I know this is going a little bit off topic, but they were on. They were talking about like men and being open with feelings, and talking about and like how people deal with other people when they talk about their problems and they were just saying sometimes all people want is for you to listen and they don't actually care whether or not you offer any advice they just want you to listen and I think that's yeah. really interesting and that's sometimes what we do as as you know like therapists coaches you know that's kind of category so yeah it's it sounds like it's and I know it's super important um to kind of get grab a massage like a lot of people like clients go oh you know I'm tired go for a massage and like sometimes it's just a good little stress reliever um yeah. just to kind of relax and someone to release some tension and it, it it's heaven so I, I love it I, I recommend massage to all my clients and I think more people should go on yeah definitely it's it's such a good thing to add in I think especially if you are doing lots of exercise, you've got a busy job, it's it's a good balance because it helps uh, helps kind of calm the nervous system down from, you know, from the hands-on work, um, which if you're in that kind of chronic stress state, you might not even be aware of it, but that massage can just help, just help rebalance a little bit without um, going to see a therapist or they're not ready to talk about things, then the massage can help, um, help support them on their journey about just being more aware of, of of what's going on in, in their body um, at that time. And you just mentioned about kind of the listening thing. And I always remember this in my very first like fitness job. Um, and one of my managers said the, the quote about you have uh, two ears and one mouth, so you need to do more listening and less talking. And I think that's so important as a, a coach or a therapist, massive therapist is that if you're listening to that person, you, one, you're gonna get exactly what they want and what they need, but they also feel 
supported in that so they're going to have a better treatment um, and you mentioned I, I guess the massage you had earlier when you um, in the spa when you said oh I really want you to get into my shoulders and they didn't get into your shoulders and she wasn't she maybe was listening but probably wasn't listening so then the treatment wasn't as good yeah maybe yeah. It, in one ear and out the other ear yes yeah <laughs> so, it, so i think whatever we in whatever service we're providing whether it's massage or you know uh, personal training group training um it's listening to your client is the most important thing of that whole session yeah exactly um i just wanted to throw in a question um in here so i've got a i've i've spoke to a few people clients and stuff and when you like even clients have come to me for massage and they go oh, I've never had a sports massage before and when you chat to them they see it as something that's that can be owned that is normally just for people who play sport and they see it as something where you're going to spend the whole hour in pain um <laughs> like let's chat a little bit like that and also kind of yeah. just lightly touch on the topic where do where would be the best place for someone to go if they're very nervous about massage never really had one before because i always have that conversation with people as well so kind of what are your thoughts on that yeah so i'll start with the the first point about yep. um sports massage only being for sporty people and uh, I, I still get it now when I talk about sports massage because people often think oh it's only for those sporty types those athletic types the ones that go to the gym five times a week um, and as an industry they've started to make a bit of a shift in terms of the title um, of qualification so some qualifications are now called soft tissue therapy to differentiate to kind of take the sports out of it um, but a lot of people don't know what soft tissue therapy is so I still use sports massage because people understand it a little bit more um, yeah. but the massage techniques themselves whether you're going for a sports massage you're going for a remedial massage a soft tissue therapy treatment some deep tissue massages they're all the same techniques or generally they're the same techniques they all learn similar ways and then they created massage treatment for each different person. So I would use the same certain techniques <clears throat> on someone who is a runner as an example. So I might use techniques such as, <clears throat> excuse me, um, a soft tissue release technique um, or a muscle energy technique. I might use that for my runner clients, but I might use those same techniques on different parts of the body for um, someone who's really sedentary that is having neck and shoulder pain. So the techniques are the same for everybody, but sometimes the sports sounds a bit scary for people and if you are a massage therapist and you're a sports massage therapist I think it's really important to get your message out there that it's not just for those sporty people uh, and explain what sports massage really is because it can be for anybody um, and then the same thing with the pain uh, issue and people often think that sports massage is going to be painful they're going to be coming out crying they're going to be coming out sore and that's really not true and if you see a therapist that likes to inflict pain on people by adding as much pressure as possible, then they're not a very good massage therapist because you don't need to apply pressure um, to be effective. Yeah. And there's more kind of research coming through that actually can just be a really light touch. It doesn't have to be deep to get a, a treatment effect that you want because really we're affecting the nervous system and not the muscles. So if the massage is too deep, it stimulates the stress response because you're in pain. So your muscles aren't relaxing. So the treatment's going to be ineffective. Um, so it doesn't have to be painful to be effective. And if it is too painful, then the massage therapist probably isn't doing their job as best as they could. But saying that, I have clients that really like that deeper pressure because that makes them feel relaxed and feel good. So it can be deep if you need it to be deep, but it's, it doesn't have to be to be effective. And so, so massage therapists, I think we're trying to kind of educate clients now that one, it doesn't have to be painful to make it work. Um, and that for people that have not had massage before, it's not painful. It can still be relaxing and, and make you feel really good and help you get out of pain. Um, and I think if there's, there's still those therapists that do add as much pressure as possible. Um, so we're trying to educate those as well to, to know that they don't need to work so hard to be able to be effective. And there's other techniques that can be used to be effective for that client. Um, and I can't remember the last question. Sorry, guys. It, it's all right. <laughs> um, it was um, for people who are kind of 
a little bit nervous about massage because they have that kind of thinking process of massage. What would be the best way to kind of get them into massage? Um, yeah, that that essentially. Yeah. Okay, yeah. So <clears throat> the best thing that I suggest is always go for a referral. Um, if you know someone that's had massage before, they've had a really good experience because that's the easiest way to know if someone's going to be good is the if you've, you've been if a friend or a family member have been to see a massage therapist and have had an amazing treatment, amazing experience, then that's a good place to start. That's not always the case because sometimes you have, because everyone works in, with different connections. So one person may have an, an amazing experience with a massage therapist because they connect to each other really well. And then another person may not have the same experience just because they're just two different people. Yeah. But that's a good place to start. Um, when you're looking online and you Google, if you Google massage Wanstead or massage uh, Hartford, where I live, there is, there's tons of therapists out there and I can see from someone who's never had massage before, it could be a bit of a, oh my gosh, like what, where do I start? And it can be a bit overwhelming. Um, I always look for things like uh, maybe some reviews um, or just have a chat with a massage therapist. If, you, if you've seen their website and you like how they're talking on their website or you've seen their Facebook page or their Instagram and that you like what they're saying, you like, you, you like what they're doing on social media, then have a chat with them and speak with them on the phone first and see how they work. Um, and that's always a good indicator of how well someone can uh, how well you can kind of work with someone and how good the, the therapist is um, and it's when we were talking before about um, the qualifications and you know it's the same in fitness and, and with massage that you can have doesn't matter the level of qualification it's your hands-on skills it's your experience it's your connection to the client so um, you don't need to go for someone always that is the highest level to get a really good treatment um, that's probably my best advice. It's quite difficult to, there's no, um, because it's so personal, yeah. it's there's, it's so difficult to, to say, right, go onto this website and search for the therapist in there because they're going to be there. <laughs> because because there's just so many types of therapists and some um, uh, have got really good connection skills and some haven't got as good connection skills. Some have got amazing hands-on skills, um, don't have the best hands-on skills, but they listen to their clients well. So there's so many different types of therapists. It's just finding one that works for you. So it's a little bit of a research project for someone coming in. Um, that wants a massage but always start with uh, recommendations first and then on to things like Google looking through their Facebook social media feed and then speaking to them to so having a conversation um, because that will really help work out if they're going to be the right therapist for you. Yeah I think before you try them it would be hard to say yes this is the one right and until you actually experience and see what they're like then it's probably a bit easier afterwards to go right they were really good. I enjoyed it. I'll go back or I'm definitely not going back and I'm not <laughs> recommending them to anyone. <laughs> yeah, de yeah, definitely. Definitely. It's, um, yeah, you have to try the, the therapist out um, first uh, as well. So once you kind of build that connection with them and you go for a treatment, it's see how you feel afterwards. So see what they say to you in the session first, see that connection and see how you feel afterwards. And that's a, you know, it's a good indicator whether it's going to, you're going to, it's going to make you feel good that you'll continue to go or, or not feel so good. Uh, and that's a difficult thing because sometimes another clients, um, like they said before, and Brad, you might have had a massage as well, where you've had clients that have had a massage years ago um, from somewhere else, um, doesn't matter where, and they've not had the best experience. And then they've said, oh, massage doesn't work, or massage really painful, or massage injured me, um, and then just has an opinion or belief about the whole massage industry. And that's not always the case um, because that could be one therapist that just didn't have the best service on that particular day. But there's so many other massage therapists out there that can help. Um, so it's about kind of educating those clients to say, actually, that's just one treatment. It's not massage in general. That's just one particular treatment that just wasn't as, as useful for you. Yeah. Um, but it's an education process. It, it actually is. And uh, it's like I had a client and, um, and it's... And it, it it was one of those ones where they came in with an issue, a problem, you know, I can't remember the top of my head what it was. And it was, they were looking for the whole, just massage that area, that's what's painful. And I was trying to go through the whole process of, well, look, you can, we can massage the area, but we kind of need to 
fix or work towards fixing what's causing it and it basically they just weren't having none of it so it was like it was quite frustrating but at the same time it was it's kind of part of the process like trying to educate the client so that can happen sometimes but yeah yeah, it kind of comes down to how good well how well you can educate right yeah definitely and I think sometimes as a therapist if you had that experience when you've had a client that um isn't isn't really I guess listening on the outset or isn't really taking the advice on board and that and that that often happens because they might have had different experiences before but also they know their body as well so they know what they is hurt and they want to get that area fixed um that sometimes takes yeah it takes a little bit of time to understand um what yeah what else can be happening so it's an education process um but then sometimes that that can happen as a client comes in with a goal um that they want that area fixed without knowing everything else um and that just takes yeah a bit of time or they might end up going to see somebody else that may have done what they wanted and that might have given somebody which is great but maybe not a fix the long-term issue that they had um so it's just meeting those clients at the where they're at which can sometimes be hard when you you want to help them in a bigger spectrum rather than just giving them a bit of a massage on the the bit that hurts yeah exactly and it's all just part of a kind of it's all part of the journey right yes yeah it is wicked um chris is there anything that you want to add um not so much on a massage point, but maybe just one more thing to throw in. So I understand that you work a lot with kind of women and is it women post-pregnancy that you work with as well? Yes. So I work with like women in all phases of life, really. So I started my journey with post-natal uh, massage and pregnancy massage. Um, and then as I was starting to see more clients um, in postnatal massage, they were coming out with things that I was like, oh, wow, that's... Like, I want to know more about that. I want to really help this woman yeah. do things, whether it's um, uh, not have uh, stress incontinence anymore or um, help with any abdominal separation work. So kind of furthered my learning and kind of brought my PT side of things back in. And I uh, deliver something called the Holistic Core Restore Program, which is from uh, Burrell Education. And it's about building in massage, movement, well-being to help improve uh women's pelvic floor and core strength and functionality so then from then I kind of progressed into other types of uh, women through different phases so I see clients postnatal but also later on in life um so they may they may be still they're still postnatal but their children may be I don't know 8 10 13 14 whatever but still having those same problems that they had post-birth they see those types of clients but then also into um, menopause if they've had a hysterectomy um, or they've had breast cancer um, and building in the soft tissue work with the movement and the right nutrition to help them move and feel better uh, as much as they as they want to so it's kind of an add-on from the massage side of things but kind of building in I guess my interest in rehab and movement um, into a slightly different angle Cool. That sounds really interesting. I think um, if there's kind of three from like an overall health point of view, not just like so beyond massage. So yeah. from an overall health point of view and just well-being for women post-pregnancy, what would you say like a couple of the biggest things that I need to consider? Um, so beyond just massage, is there anything in terms of movement, exercise, nutrition? Yes, there's lots of I know it's quite a wide (laughs) open question. (laughs) Yeah, so I think the main thing that, I think the main take home thing, if anyone's listening that is in the postnatal phase of life, is give yourself time to recover. Um, It takes, in terms of tissue healing, at least a year for the tissue to completely heal and regenerate. And I think mums often put a lot of pressure on themselves from the what's in social media and what's in just the media in general about what a postnatal body should look like feel like move like and that's not real life so it's giving yourself time to recover that's the first thing so being kind to yourself loving your body and just taking things bit by bit so that's really important is the first one um the second one just on uh stress incontinence and it's something that has been hushed for a 
so many years and it happens to men as well um but I just work with women but it's it's been kind of quieted down for many years and it's been accepted as it's oh it's just that thing that happens after you've had a baby or as you get a bit older that's just what what happens but it's not it's common but it's not normal and the more women that understand there's help out there to make a big difference through movement through exercise through women's health physio they can actually stop those symptoms um, and not just kind of brush it under the carpet and and think that it's that's just what happens. Um, so if you if someone's listening that is experiencing that when they're jumping or leaking, uh, they're doing star jumps and they or they can't do star jumps and think oh my god I need to go to the toilet I can't jump. Um, those are the people that really could benefit from some good pelvic floor and core exercise. Um, yeah. So it's not going straight into boot camp after you've had a baby. It's, it's building up and really gently. Yeah. And I think the last thing is the nutrition thing that you kind of touched on was just that you have to eat as much as, as well as you possibly can during that time. And I know it's difficult when a lot of the mum and baby groups, you might see it with your clients, that a lot of the mum and baby groups are all about coffee and cake. Every, every <laughs> client I talk to, they meet up for coffee and cake because they, they, they want to be with each other. It's a social environment. And you need that support from other mums sometimes when it's yeah. hard. Uh, so it's, it's trying to make those as best choices as you can throughout the day so when you do go for coffee and cake it's not the end of the world so a good you know good breakfast lots of good nutrients um lots of protein i think a lot a lot of moms struggle with having enough protein in their diet which helps with tissue healing and regeneration so it's just nutrition for healing really that's kind of what i focus on so eating nutrient dense foods to help bowel systems work correctly have more energy um and just help heal after birth so I think those are kind of, yeah, the main three things. Cool. I love what um, you said there of like that coffee and cake thing. It, was, it wasn't, oh, if you're going for coffee and cake, you can't eat it. It was make sure the rest of your day looks good because yeah. the coffee and cake part is like the really social part. And if you imagine someone going in there and going, oh, I'm just going to have a sparkling water or like a tap water, <laughs> when really all they want is coffee and cake and to chat through things with other mums, then it'd be, so for some people, really awkward. Yeah, definitely. And I think that's when the pressure starts to you know, pile on. And so if that you know, mum had a really good breakfast in the morning, um, had lots of water throughout the day, then you know, coffee and cake is fine. And it's, it's just that pressure I think mums often put themselves under. So they end up um, trying to do as much as they can to look like what the social, what, you know, what mums are perceived to look like on social media. Um, but they want that coffee and cake that, and it's, and it's a treat and that's fine. Um, but it's, yeah, it's what they do over the big, you know, over the week, over the day, over the month, that makes a big difference. And that's, I think that's what we try and impart on with, um, any of the kind of women's health programs is that it's, it's what you do overall that makes a difference that, you know, slice of cake with, uh, your Americano is not going to, you know, have the, the big effect on, on how your body's moving and feeling. But if that was what you had every day, the two meals, then, possibly (laughs) (laughs) yeah if you're eating cake every day then every meal then yeah that might be a bit more of a problem but no that makes sense it's the same it's the same if you had sorry to interrupt it's the same if you had like if you at spinach every meal every day just spinach it's also not going to be good for you because it's just too much of the same thing oh god yeah (laughs) (laughs) bloody spinach um how boring would that be i love spinach but how boring would that be Exactly, it's, it's, it's all the same, isn't it? It's um, <laughs> yes. I think when people think they need to eat healthy or like they need to just eat green salad every meal every day, that's that's also not very good for your body because you're not having an a range of nutrients, which is you know which is important. Very important. Um, one last question on kind of massage, and this is uh, yeah, this is just a little question is. You do a wide range, use a wide range of techniques from, you know, using some tools and whatnot. So what's your favorite technique to use? Oh, well, that's a tricky one. I, so I guess a lot of, so I guess one of my main techniques, I really like soft tissue release um, because what that can do, it introduces movement. So it helps improve proprioception um, with, uh with hands-on work so if a client is struggling to get a certain movement that can really help improve moving in that certain range of motion so that's one of the techniques that i really love 
Um, and I do love the instrument assisted massage work as well, uh, because again, it can integrate hands-on work with movement. So you can use that with any active resisted movements with some passive range of motion, active range of motion. And what that does is it helps introduce, again, the client into a better movement pathway. Um, so I can do that with a client moving on the floor. They can be lunging, stepping, um, using resistance bands with the tool at the same time. So I like um, yeah that as because it integrates the massage moving into the the movement, which is the ultimate goal. Oh well, I think that's literally. I think that is the ultimate goal, really, of uh, of massage, isn't it? Really, um, and I suppose from your point of view um it would be kind of what what you also enjoy kind of what 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 am i looking for enjoy doing the most as well right yeah definitely um i think as a massage therapist you you take on so many different techniques and there's definitely some techniques that i learned when i trained that i don't use because I, for me it just didn't it didn't feel right i didn't feel comfortable doing it but there's things that i really liked so then i practice more learn more felt more comfortable with um and the same thing with the types of clients that you see so i don't really see people for full body massages because that's not what i enjoy doing um but i enjoy helping people if they are struggling to move so that's where i excel so your your client base you attract your client base of what you enjoy so i don't attract people that want a full body relaxing massage but i know amazing therapists that i can send them to um so it's, yeah you definitely have to do the techniques that you enjoy because if you enjoy your treatment with your client, then the client's going to get, again, a better result. They're going to feel better. They're going to come back. So it's that whole cycle again. That is, you hit the nail on the head right there. Is the whole, if you enjoy it more, you're going to give a better service. And that's what it's about at the end of the day. Yeah, definitely. Can I be greedy and ask one more question before we of move course. on to the random questions? <laughs> yeah, of course. <laughs> uh, because a bit for my selfish knowledge, and then also I think it might be useful. Um, so I've already talked about kind of uh, post-pregnancy and kind of a few of the things to think about and consider post-pregnancy. But yes. during pregnancy, when it comes to exercise, and maybe even post-pregnancy, uh, is there anything that's super, super important that people should consider, like straight off the bat? I know there's probably 101 things to consider, but is there anything super, super important uh, that people should consider around exercise during and post-pregnancy. Is that, is it people as in um, people who are pregnant and in postnatal or people that, like trainers that are training people that are pregnant postnatal? People Uh, who are, I would say. People who are, yeah. Yeah. So if you are pregnant and you've um, not done any exercise before, um, we always recommend to wait until trimester one is out of the way. And then from trimester two, there might be some, you might have a bit more energy. And if your GP um, or health professional says, yeah, you're good to exercise, then that's great. And um, it's just finding something you like. So I've had, um, I've seen kind of pregnant clients that have liked moving. So I've done some kind of strength work with them, some of the holistic core restore programs. If you like going to yoga or Pilates or you like going to the gym, it's finding something you like, but also checking in with your health professional or fitness professional and fitness professional to make sure it's working and it's the right thing for you. Um, And then in terms of postnatal, it's finding something again that is suitable for you. So maybe going to um, uh, a big boot camp class straight away might not be the best thing to kind of bring yourself back into exercise so it's doing something gentle to start with which often we don't think about first but if you build strong foundations to start with so your core your pelvic floor um integrating with the rest of the body you're going to have a stronger body for later in life rather than going straight into boot camp or straight into running you know six eight weeks postnatal and your body's just not ready because it's just been through this whole change and whole process uh, so yeah, it's just being kind to yourself, but always checking in with your health professional first. That's the most important thing. Um, and then if you're pre and post, it's finding a fitness professional that is qualified in pregnancy exercise, in postnatal exercise, but really qualified and done a lot of reading and research, um, and, and courses to make sure they really know everything from you know, prolapse to, uh, percent of previa as an example. Cool. Yeah, I think it's just so fascinating from um, even from like a trainer's point of view that 
really does train your heart throw yourself into the deep trenches of exercise which uh if you look at them i don't look at media a lot but if you look at media i'm sure there's a lot of kind of oh six weeks post baby photos of uh, celeb celebrities and i can imagine that adds a lot of pressure to a lot of people thinking oh i should should i be looking like that after pregnancy six weeks on eight weeks on when like you said at the very very start it's like give yourself some time to recover and be kind to yourself um so yeah i think that's a really important message definitely i think and some of those sort of um celebrities that have been on social media with these kind of a stereotypical what they think you know body should be like postnatal chances are they probably have lots and lots of help and support at home as well so they probably have someone to look after the baby so a maternity nurse they would have a nutritionist to cook for them they would yeah. have their personal trainer. They would have someone to clean their house. They'd have a housekeeper. So have all of those things as well. So they can just devote their time into um, into looking after themselves. But also, that is not one well, that's not realistic because most people don't have that help and support. But to with social media, I think there's there's always things we know that things are photoshopped quite often, and <laughs> it's, it's you know it's it's just not yeah. real. I don't think I've ever met a mom in all of my years that has uh, that looks like they did pre-pregnancy eight weeks postpartum. That that does not that is, I've never seen that ever. Um, so it's not it is not realistic. No, I think they'd be lucky to be getting three hours sleep a night. <laughs> exactly, exactly. And I think uh, as you, if you are postnatal, you've gone through this whole change, this whole experience, and like just having some good sleep is is you know is is the most important thing when you can, and um, eating well when you can, and don't worry about trying to, as people often say, get back kind of pre-baby. Um, that's not the most important thing at that time. The most important thing is rest and recovery. Um, and that rest and recovery will help them when they are ready to get back into exercise, they'll have a better result because they are rested. They've, their body's in a position to, to, to exercise well. Cool, very insightful. Um, is there anything else you wanna add before we move on to random questions? Where are we gonna throw some random questions at you? No, I think I'm ready for the random questions. Yeah, <laughs> first person to ever say I'm ready. Yeah, I know. Ready, but you know. Ready, let's get this out of the way. <laughs> yep. So, okay. All right. First question is, what are you currently obsessed with? Ooh, um, that's a very good question. So, in my in my personal life, I've got lots more time to be obsessed with reading. Um, so I've been doing lots of reading at the moment on uh, uh, learning, the brain, education. And that's kind of my next pathway. So I've been reading a lot about that. Um, in my work life, what am I obsessed with in my work life? Well, that's a quite a hard question, actually. Um, oh, it's taking more time off with work, actually. That's, that's what I'm really obsessed about at the moment. Is uh, So I had a change in my personal life in the summer. So I recently got married and thought, you know what? I don't need to work 80 hours a week. So I'm reducing my work time. So I'm obsessed with my diary at the moment, diary management. So there we go. That's what I'm obsessed about right it's now. A great <laughs> thing to be obsessed with. <laughs> Cutting my work hours down. <laughs> yeah, it's. I think when you're self-employed, it's really easy to work hundreds of hours you know 80 plus hours a week which is great and I think you can if you can do that and maintain that well and you have a good sort of balance between your personal life and your work life and that's great but sometimes you need to kind of have that downtime and rest time um, because you get more clarity or I find you get more clarity so you can think and then you can you have the space to think about new projects or new goals and things that you want to achieve 100% totally agree um, cool so what, what next question, what are you proud of, but you've never got an excuse to talk about? I started from Brad. <laughs> oh, um, oh, that's a difficult question. Proud of, but don't really talk about. It is a bit of a difficult question because yeah. you're like, oh, but now yeah. I've got to talk about it. <laughs> Uh, it could be absolutely anything. It could have been something that you achieved as a, as a child. It could be, yeah anything oh that's a difficult question uh 
Okay, so I guess I guess one quest, one dif- one thing that I am proud of is that um, when you know when you kind of finish school and you go into kind of college, and uh, and all my friends will kind of contest this. We all did the same thing. So at college, you have so much more freedom. So we won't go into our classes as often. We were just going to pretty much down to the pub and chilling out. <laughs> that was like first year. And then we all had results that we weren't as happy with. And then we really knuckled down in the second year and actually did a lot better in the second year. And um, and actually you've all done really well in our career since. So, but I don't really talk about it because it was like, you know, when you're kind of 16, 17. Um, so that's kind of what I'm quite proud of. Uh, yeah, that's it. They don't really talk about. Well, there you go. Finally, uh, yeah, that one throws a lot of people off. Yeah, I can imagine. Yeah, that's yeah, that's a difficult one because I think if you're proud of something, especially in your work, you might not talk about it as in I'm proud of doing this, but you talk about your work like you guys. You talk about your classes and things, and I'm sure you're really proud of the journey that you've made in the last year or just under a year. But you don't celebrate. I think we actually talked about this about you've not really celebrated yeah. like your journey together and and how you've you know your business has grown. Yeah, exactly. Very true. Um, Very true. Okay, this is a. Uh... This question was uh, this. Chris came out with this one. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I'm just throw this out there. Throw me uh, under the bus. No. Now, if there's a certain question, you're like, oh no, this, you know, Chris came up with this, or Brad came up with this one. So <laughs> yeah. Well, we don't normally say who came up with them unless it's a question that you want to get thrown under the bus for, just like this one. <laughs> yeah. So when it comes to when it comes to massage, do you prefer giving or taking? <laughs> Ah, okay, yeah. So a bit of both, actually. So in terms of, I like obviously, I love what I do. That's really important. But I think it's really important to get your, a massage as well. So like, it's the best feeling to have an amazing massage. And also, I think if you're a massage therapist and you don't get massage, then you're probably not going to be the best therapist. Because one, I learn loads if I go to a good massage therapist. But to yeah. you know what it feels like for your client. So a bit of both, so 50-50. Fair enough. Good answer. And actually, that wasn't as bad as I was expecting that question to be. No, it, uh, Well, it's because we added the free bit before. It was just going to be, do you prefer giving or taking? But then we thought we'd actually <laughs> add the massage bit. <laughs> yeah, that makes it a bit, a bit, a bit safer. <laughs> yeah. uh, cool. So you mentioned already that you've got a bit more time to read now. What's one book you've recommended the most to people? So recently, I've recommended the book Smart Moves uh, by Carla Hannaford to a lot of people. Okay. So I learned it, I heard about it from a, a conference I went to by um, uh, a functional podiatrist, uh, who's, uh, her name is Emily Splickle, and she recommended this book, and I thought, oh, I'll just give it a go. And what I find really fascinating is that is we need to, to be able to learn well, we need to move well. And this is what this book talks about. It talks about going through different phases of life, but how movement is really important if you want to learn and retain information. Uh, so that's yeah that's what I'm reading a lot which is I've literally I've Instagrammed it I've told people about it that's interested in movement but also helping people learn I think so I saw that one I think I saw that one um yeah okay uh last question so I know you did an event on this so what is your ultimate coffee and cake combo so what is your favorite coffee and your favorite cake it can be anything you want you can even make up your own cake oh so my favorite coffee is definitely uh an oat milk latte there's a really good coffee shop around the corner from where i live which is the best oat milk lattes you've been spending a bit more time in since you've had more time off yes i have which is probably <laughs> reading. Uh, yeah reading writing doing all those things in there and it's a really nice place for you know good energy for kind of like writing um so that and then i think my favorite cake oh possibly would be some sort of banana walnut combo loaf type cake i think anything with banana in it really oh chris loves a banana cake i don't see i'm not a fan of banana it's good oh it's so good such a good cake well the walnuts are passed on because i'm allergic but banana cake yeah i'm down for (laughs) <laughs> great okay Can't right so they are our random questions do you have a question for us just to finish off with 
Well, I'm just going to push it back to you guys. In ter- so, Brad, I know oh, obviously no. you're a massage therapist. <laughs> so, do you prefer giving or taking? Uh, giving, hundred <laughs> percent. Are we still talking about massage or? <laughs> Uh, okay so then because i know you don't have you do, you don't massage do you no so then do you do you get massage regularly not regularly but it's one of those things where whenever i have one i'm like i should have this more often because it felt so good and i feel so good so you need to get yourself booked in for a massage then with brad <laughs> there you go brad i, I keep telling uh, him this diary. i keep telling him this <laughs> but he's like i'm just too busy so i'm like okay fair enough mate that, that is such a lie. <laughs> <laughs> You've never once offered. <laughs> uh, no, it is on the it is on the books. It is <laughs> for the um, last nine months. <laughs> yeah, in the last nine months. <laughs> Could have just, had a baby by now. Just waiting for him to finish his pregnancy. You see. <laughs> oh, brilliant. Okay, uh, just before we uh, go and keep you any longer, because I know you've got a jet off. So. Um, this is an opportunity for you to push absolutely anything you want. So if people want to come and get a massage from you, where can they go? What are you currently doing? Um, yeah, this unleash. So I, in terms of my work, so <clears throat> the sports massage work and the women's health work, I work in North Finchley, uh, in North London, so just off the 406. Uh, and then I also work in Hartford and Hoddesdon as well, so kind of East Hearts area. Uh, so you find me in both locations over the course of the week, so I kind of spend half the time in both locations. Um, so that's where you can find me. My website is danielle-white.com. So all my information is on there. And then if you are a therapist and you're looking for um, a sports massage qualification or any CPDs, uh, you'll find all that information on my website as well. Mm, there you go. So it's been an absolute pleasure uh, having you on. So thank you for coming on. Well, thanks for having time. me. It's been fun. It has been a great episode. And for those who are listening, uh, we'll throw all the links into the description where you can find more about Danielle. Um, yeah, so it's been an absolute pleasure and hopefully you've enjoyed this episode and until next episode, take care. Cheers, Danielle. Take care. Thanks very much. Thanks, guys. Bye. Bye.